0: The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. And now, the Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 630 Chan. Here's McDavid to Dreisaitl, hat-trick, slapper,
1: save made by goaltender Aaron Dell. Russell, shorthanded to Dreisaitl, in over the line, shoots, and a save made by Aaron Dell. Leon Dreisaitl shooting for 50. The Edmonton Oilers shooting to tie the game in the third period. Can't quite do it, and San Jose wins 3-2 tonight at Rogers Place. Aaron Dell turning Dreisaitl away a couple of times in the third period. Those are the saves of the game for Jiffy Loop. Get winter ready at JiffyLoopService.ca. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. We are live in Studio 99 for the final time this season. The Oilers lose their final home game of the season and that's one of the stories this year is that they finish with not a very good record on home ice. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, thanks a lot for tuning in. Well, first of all, we'll start with the individual story. Two more for Dreisaitl. He gets to 49. I think there was a fairly obvious effort (laughs) to try to get him the 50th in the third period.
2: Uh, There was, every time he entered the offensive zone, uh, whoever had the puck for the Oilers was looking for Leon and he was getting open. He scored his two and he probably had three or four good looks. You know, normally you get one or two good looks if you're lucky in a game. He had five or six in this game. Uh, He he worked as hard as I've seen him all season long. They were doing their best to try and get him that goal. You talked before the game about hat-tricks, and we joked that, hey, maybe tonight Leon could get his hat-trick for his 50th. He came very close, and he had a blanket on him in the offensive zone. Justin Braun, every time he was out there against Leon, he did not leave him. He did not leave him inside. He went all over the ice following him around, yet Leon was still able to get a couple good shots off. To me that was the story of the game tonight and it'll certainly be the story of the game in Calgary on Saturday.
1: Connor McDavid made a last furious dash getting the puck in the neutral zone with about eight seconds left to go to the net did get a shot away actually was fouled on the play Burns was getting a hooking penalty and I mean the Oilers would have had about a second and a half yeah. for the face-off but I mean Burns made it a smart play I'm just not going to touch the puck you can't blow the whistle.
2: I know it was smart it if if Connor would have had another stride then he could start arguing for a penalty shot because it did stop him from getting a good shot on net uh, it's funny Connor when he went back to pick the puck up he looked up to see exactly how much time he had and then just put the Jets on and was able to almost individually tie the game because the thing was Leon didn't have to score the tying goal if they would have scored a goal then we're going into overtime we've seen the success that Connor and Leon have in overtime uh, it's if, if this did anything, it just put a lot of people in front of a hockey or in front of a television for Saturday night's game to see if Leon's able to get his
1: 50th. 3-2, the Sharks win it tonight. Brent Burns figures in on a couple of goals for San Jose and faceoff plays figure prominently in the game. The Oilers are, are not a good faceoff team. They haven't been one for a while. Coming into tonight, 25th in the NHL. San Jose pretty much right in the middle, 15, uh, 15th at 50%. But tonight... San Jose a big edge in the faceoff circle 58% to 42 for the Oilers and you know we've seen faceoffs cost the Oilers a lot this season often on the penalty kill but today it burns them a couple times at even strength.
2: Well when you've got a team that's got good centermen and San Jose's got a couple of Pavelski and Thornton that win draws and they're always near the top of the National Hockey League and you combine that with great defensemen and San Jose's got both Burns and Carlson you can set up a number of offensive plays off the face and they did that Uh, and when a team has got a bunch of plays now when you're defensively trying to defend them okay is this the one where they're going to flip flop is this one where Burns goes down and does he stay up high is he cutting across the middle there's hesitation and on the the Nyquist goal the Oiler going out there hesitated a second because he didn't know if Burns was going to take off or if he was going to stay there that hesitation allowed Burns to get the right shooting lane it allowed Nyquist to get in front of the net into the right area where he can tip the puck, and they worked it to perfection. So when you don't win face-offs, and the Oilers normally don't, uh, it's hard to have set plays. San Jose has a number of set plays, and tonight, because of that, they scored two goals.
1: 3-2, San Jose wins it. The special team story, the Sharks 0-2 on the power play. Edmonton's penalty killing a weakness this season, but a, a good job tonight. Drysaddle scored shorthanded and Edmonton much more efficient getting the pucks and actually clearing pucks, which we've seen sometimes this season, they would have the puck and not get it down the ice, but the power play just couldn't come through tonight. Couple of big chances to go ahead in the second period after San Jose failed on the offside challenge to tie it in the third period, and the power play couldn't get the one they needed tonight. Well,
2: a couple of reasons on that. One, the Oilers power play, there weren't weren't five options today there was one they were going to leon and there's nothing wrong with that that's what you were playing this game for so by going just trying to get it to leon all the time san jose had a little inkling of where the puck was going and it took away other scoring chances the second power play unit though for the oilers was very good they got a number of good looks and it was simply putting a man in front of the net and having the d-man fire away at it and they got some good chances off it Uh, an entertaining game unfortunately for the Oilers, though they ended up on the wrong side
1: in goal, and we talked before the game about San Jose, the goaltenders not having a good season. And I, I guess I got to call myself out here because I, I've been saying usually you can take the 16 teams in the playoffs and often those are the 16 teams with the best goals against and or the best save percentages. Well, San Jose coming into tonight 22nd in goals against, but they're third in goals four, so they are outscoring some defensive and or goaltending deficiencies. Uh, The NHL, when you click on the site and you sort for save percentage, you have to have 21 appearances to qualify. So a goalie that played good for five games couldn't be named the goalie with the best save percentage. Uh, I mean, there are 57 goalies that qualify. Miko Koskinen is 41st, which we've talked about. Martin Jones is 51st out of 57, and Aaron Dell is 57th <laughs> out of 57th, but he gets, he gets the win tonight, and at the other end, Anthony Stolarz for the Edmonton Oilers. His second start with Edmonton, another, uh, another one-goal loss. He winds up making 24 saves on 27 shots.
2: Yeah, I mean, very few teams can outscore their mistakes, and obviously San Jose Sharks are deep up front. It makes up for, uh, for goaltending that has been below average all season long. Plus, you have the addition of a Carlson in your lineup. He hasn't played in a while. He's been injured, but now you're adding one of the best players in the world. They can create offense. You're a little fearful going into a playoff series where it gets tighter checking, where the penalties aren't called as often. Uh, the the high-scoring opportunities aren't as plentiful. So you've got to be able to win games one nothing, 2-1. And... San Jose is gonna play Vegas. Vegas is very comfortable playing in low scoring hockey games and they've got a goaltender in Fleury who uh, is out, had another outstanding season. So San Jose may be going into the playoffs is the favorite because they're in a higher seed. I think Vegas might be the favorite in the series. And when you look at it, one of the biggest reasons why is Vegas is going to get good goaltending and San Jose's not sure.
1: Yeah, I, th- that's going to be an interesting series, and I think a lot of people will pick Vegas because of Flurry, because of the goaltending advantage, and obviously they made it to the Stanley Cup final last year. Both teams are are deep, and both teams can really play with high tempo, high pressure. They can forecheck, shift after shift. They can have those periods of a game where they say we're not letting you out. So uh, now, th- so that's the advantage for San Jose is if th- those forwards crank it up. They might say, "Well, we're we're going to beat you by not having to defend as much because we can spend so much time in your end." I think that's how they flip the series in their advantage.
2: Well, San Jose up front in Vegas, I think, are fairly similar. I think Vegas by getting Stone, now you have a second line of Stone, Pat Giretti and Stassi. And that's very good. So I think forward-wise, it's almost a wash. San Jose obviously has a huge advantage on defense. You got Burns and you got Carlson. If Carlson's back and healthy. You've got two Norris Trophy-type defensemen. And Vegas, uh, they got uh, Nate Schmidt, who's good, and a bunch of no-name players. So San Jose's got a huge advantage on defense. Flip, on, on the, when you get to goaltender. now all of a sudden Vegas has got a big advantage in net. I, I, it's going to be a good series. It's one of those ones that's just like we're going to see between Toronto and Boston. There's going to be two teams going in, very good teams going at it in the first round, and one of them is going to be done. And you hate seeing that. That's why I don't like the playoff format. Um, but it's going to be... Uh, that's a series I'd want to watch. That's a series that I'd like to watch go seven games because you have two good hockey clubs that have the ability to score goals.
1: And there's animosity dating back to last year. And maybe things don't often get as wild as they did in the past, but you, you still you still see teams trying to intimidate and, and physicality in the playoff, which is fun. 3-2 San Jose wins tonight. By the way... Just updating uh, Dreisaitl, he, he got the two goals tonight to get to 49. I'll just give his stat line here. He did. He did usually he's a good faceoff off guy. Didn't have a good night tonight. One just 3 out of 10. He had 7 shots on goal out of the Oilers, 28. 4 more that were blocked and another one that shot wide. So Dreis- Dreisaitl has 12 shot attempts tonight. I mean, usually 6 or 7, you think, oh, this guy was fired away. He gets to 12.
2: Well, and there were other ones that were getting tipped just before he shot them. Uh, he was tired. His arms are tired. Hopefully he's got one more in him. 45 and a half minutes. Yeah, hopefully he has one more in him on Saturday night to give a, a little bit of brightness in a very, very dark season.
1: And we mentioned that Oilers home record, Rob, and, and we should touch on that. And we realized going into this, this game it wasn't going to really impact the standings much one way. Or the other. For the people watching the, the draft lottery, will know the odds after Saturday. It's likely going to be 5 or 6% that the Oilers will have, so we'll know for sure after the game against Calgary. But big picture about that home record at one point this season, the Oilers were 10 4 and 1 on home ice. They finished 18 19 and 4. They, their last 26 home games, they only won 8 8 15 and 3. They had that 14 uh, game stretch where they only got 5 points at home and uh, you know hey they're probably going to miss the playoffs by double digits but if they're but if they're better in those games then you know there there's more interest coming down the stretch they could have they could have stayed alive longer
2: well the reason they're not in the ball well, there's a lot of reasons but if you want to pick one this is their home record you can't be below 500 in the National Hockey League on home ice and expect to be remotely close to a playoff spot let alone make the playoffs uh, and we've talked about it a lot. We've had a lot of people phone in. Every team, especially on home ice, has an identity. Uh, if you're going to go play in three years in Minnesota on home ice, they're, they're going to beat you one nothing. Uh, if you go into Boston in the years, they were big and tough. Uh, when you played against L.A., they would try to physically abuse you. Like, they had an identity. You knew when you went, got on the ice for your first shift, okay, this is how this team plays the others, I don't think we ever saw an identity on home ice. There'd be some games they would play a, a strong defensive effort there'd be a game where there'd be a physical hockey club, there'd be a game they'd try to outscore you, there'd be a game they'd get fancy and when you continue to go different types of identities each and every time you step on the ice, you, you don't seem to well, you don't, you don't end up on the right side of the, the scoreboard at the end of the night so the others, I think this summer when they're starting to try and put together whatever team they want to have next year I think you're going to want to find a team identity and then start finding players to fit the identity that you want as a home club.
1: Well, yeah, that's, that's well said. And we, had a, we did have people asking about that. And, and that's the, who were the orders at home if you were game planning for them. Well, you'd, I think you'd say the same thing you said on the road. You've got to stop two guys. yeah, Right? That, and that's not really an identity. That's just a team saying, well, and, and, even, and again, we saw, it, we saw it tonight a, a different game when the two big guys were on the ice. I mean, they had a, a, and Cassian involved in that, too. They had a, a shift that lasted a minute and a half in the offensive zone from seven minutes left down to 530 tonight. I, I think you make a good point. We didn't really see the team. Develop an identity on home ice where you really need to have one. Okay, we'll get to your phone calls in a minute. I think in about two or three minutes we're going to get Marty McSorley as well. But let's go down to the Oilers' dressing room, courtesy GCL Diesel, genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices. GCLDiesel.com. Here is Leon Dreisaitl.
3: Obviously, a disappointing results in your last home game, but overall, how did you, you guys perform tonight?
4: Uh, yeah, I thought it was you um, know a little bit of an up and down. Um, uh, I think. Um yeah we had a um, a decent first and then we lolled a little bit in the second but I thought the third was was really good and um yeah, we we battled really hard and um you know I thought it was a good effort and
2: really pushing for 50 in the third period uh, you know had a few good chances for a reaction it's a pretty big uh, milestone to go after on Saturday night yeah absolutely um
4: you know that's that's something special, and um, you know I'm not sure if I'll ever get that chance again. So um, I'm going to try and try and make the most of it. And um, you know I really appreciate the guys, um, you know, trying to trying to set me up.
1: All right, that is Leon Drysaitel with Brendan Escott working the Oilers' dressing room as he has all season long here at Rogers Place. Uh, not quite able to get him 50 this evening as the Oilers lose 3-2 to the San Jose Sharks. Rob, April 2nd, 1989 you and the pittsburgh penguins went into philadelphia for your last game of the season you had 48 goals yep you got your 49th with about five minutes left in the second period
2: yeah i mean i hit a crossbar in the first period i scored a goal it's funny i i, I don't remember very many goals in my in my career but i scored in the second period it was on a wrist shot i went over hex glove and then this it was a weird game it, we couldn't move up or down in the standings as the penguins it's their last game of the season the Philadelphia Flyers could actually move up in the standings. So we went to overtime, and Philadelphia pulled their goalie in overtime, and I was on the ice. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to score my 50th. Mario's going to go through the entire team, <laughs> pass me the puck for an empty net. And just before they dropped the puck, the coach, Gino, Gino Briacco, pulled me off the ice. And Mario kind of skid towards the bench, go, Gino, he's got 49. He's and Ubi says, nope, this is a team sport. We're not, we're not into individuals. Uh, Dan Quinn went out for me, and he said, hey, I'm going to come off as soon as I can. Be ready, I'm going to come off. But Mario off the face-off went, and just like I knew he would, went through the entire team. And instead of setting me up for the empty net goal, he put it in the net. So I For
1: his 85th of the season. Yeah, yeah. He would have only had 84 if he would have passed. His to
2: career you. never would have been <laughs> the
1: same. It wouldn't have been the same. Oh, Sharks beat the Oilers 3-2 tonight. Marty McSorley joining us in Studio 99. Marty, great to see you again. Okay, can we... Hey. Can we get make sure he's uh, turned up there? I think we got him on the r- wrong mic. We'll make sure people can hear you, Marty.
5: Okay, I'll just uh, There we go. There you
1: well. go. we go. Awesome. Thanks for awesome. thanks for dropping by. It's great to see you again. we were just uh, Rob was just telling his story of his uh, near 50 goal season. Leon's going to have uh, one more shot and you know, it is a team sport. The Oilers would have loved to win tonight, but they, they were they were pushing to get him the 5-0 tonight.
5: Well, you know, I I don't live in Edmonton and I get in at different games and you know, you can say, well, you know, the team, where they are in the standings. But I saw some things tonight. I thought Darnell Nurse is taking steps this year. He really has. I thought Cassian has played very, very well. And You know, I had people saying, well, at the trade deadline. I'm like, no, you can't trade him. You really can't because there's a real good upside there. And I, I really love this puck possession. I love the way he skated through the puck. He paid fast. You know, I, I, I could, it's never as bad as you think. It's never as good as you think. And this team is really close i really believe that you know it's it it's just a little bit here and there and it makes points over the course of the season which gives everybody confidence and it snowballs so tonight it was quite obvious that they were trying to get
2: leon his 50th goal
5: yeah it's funny i was thinking (laughs) tie the game he could do it in overtime i was (laughs) thinking the exact same thing it
2: doesn't have to be leon in the last minute right because if you get to overtime He's gonna get a two-on-one. Well,
5: then, then they got three-on-three, three and with McDavid, I mean, anything can happen,
2: right? So, and and I I I know the answer, but I'd like to hear you you say too. How cognizant are teammates to players? having opportunities to hit milestones going into the last couple games of a season?
5: Yeah, huge, because everybody's cheering for everybody. Like, we learned, Brownie, with great veterans. The NHL has been full of great veterans. It's been full of leaders. I think it's, it's full of such great people. You know, and Marc Messier was the first one to cheer for a fourth-line guy who got his first goal of the year, right? And he'd want to play with that guy and help him get it. You know, if a guy had his first career hat trick, he's going to get every power play in a third period, and everybody on that bench is going to stand up and cheer for him. And, and that's the way that the game is. So those guys really wanted Leon. They want to be, a, in, a, in, a, in a kind of a way, you're, you're a part of his success. And, and not that you take responsibility, but you share in the joy of it.
1: I want to ask you a couple things about, uh, about the playoffs, and I'm going to start with uh, something you were involved in. On May seventeenth, 1993, Kelly Rudy is a weekly guest on on my talk show on on non-game nights, and we started talking about the hit on Gilmore and then your immediate fight with Wendell Clark, Game 1 of the Campbell Conference Final, as it was known uh, back in 1993. What do you you remember about that play and that whole kind of circus that uh, happened for the next four or
5: five minutes? Well, I remember going into Toronto and there was so much bedlam because all of a sudden now the Toronto Maple Leafs, who had been bad since 67, had an opportunity to go to the Stanley Cup finals and so everybody in Toronto the media was we got inundated with media as soon as we got to Toronto and we had a ton of young guys you know we had a lot of guys who had never really had any playoff experience Corey Millen Mike Donnelly uh, Warren Reichel Ali, uh, Ali Zitnik Daryl Sador all these guys were rookies and they, they had no idea what to expect Gary Shuchuk so I hated how we played that game I thought our guys played tentative. And my mindset stepping on the ice with the score of four one is I'm gonna kick open this Hornet's nest. I'm gonna make I'm just gonna make this thing a little ugly right now. Not so much to hurt Gilmore, but I'm just gonna create a ruckus. I'm gonna do something and I I think what happened was they focused so much on the fight, the Wendell and my fight, the Doug Gilmore hit. They didn't talk about the game. And the rest of our team really didn't field any questions. Barry Melrose had a million questions. Wayne would have to answer questions. The rest of the guys just went back to the hotel and got ready for game two, which I thought we came out and played very, very well because my mindset was a seven-game series, and I'm going to make this thing more of a war right now. Kelly said you had some interesting phone messages in your hotel room that night. Wow. When going, my brother came and cleared my messages, and he said to me, and he laughed, and he said, You have 98 threats, and they put every one of them through. Right? <laughs> and then and I had, like, mixed into the 98 threats, I had, you know, calls from brothers and different people. Um, but 98 threats, and the fact that they put them through, I thought was just comical, you know? Now, do you think,
2: and, and we're from a different era, do you think there's, as much games within the games as there was back then and do players understand how they can change the complexion of a game complexion of a series by doing something other than scoring goals
5: well i I think the length of suspensions and the the readiness to give suspensions now when it didn't happen then i mean think of some of the hits mess made over the course of his career where if he was to do them now what would happen Uh, if scott stevens hit on on Paul Correa. Well, things, things like that, that. Who was it? Was it Dave Brown that cross checked Sandstrom across the face in New York? Yeah.
2: And I, I think he might have got a game.
5: No, I, I, well, I think he got three or three games or whatever, but I mean, Ron Hextall slashing Kent Nielsen. And gets nothing. Gets nothing. And yeah. they suspend him the following year. So I, I think that the readiness. I also think that the players are much more guarded simply because they're so used to doing it from, uh, from a, a standpoint that, you know, they're so scrutinized in the, in, with Facebook Twitter and everything that gets out there into the social media now Or we never had that so I think that there's much more guarded before they even get to the rink but they are in their personal lives it's
2: probably a good a good thing that there wasn't social media <laughs> when we played well,
1: not, not, <laughs> I'm all seriousness Marty when you played and this for younger people this would be hard to believe not all the games were on TV like when I was a kid growing up in the 80s in Evansburg I got two channels so I got hockey night in Canada sometimes they wouldn't even show the Oilers and there was usually Wednesday night hockey on, I, I mean, I'm sure Gretzky s- scored some incredible goals that there's no tape of. When, Mar- when
2: Marty played, they actually had to, the phones had dials on him. He had to go in a circle.
5: <laughs> Do you know, and I, I don't think this is going to upset anybody, Hockey Night Canada wanted to show more Euler games. And Peter Pockerton said no, because he wanted more money from the local cable. And where Hockey Night Canada, CBC was dying to show more Oilers Saturday night games. And the Oilers said no to it, which to me was like, I mean, how much do we love to be on Hockey Night Canada? Well, Hockey Night Canada, when you played the
2: Hockey Night in Canada game, and I was always on an American team, you would always get brand new tape on your sticks, and the trainers would always give you brand new um, <laughs> Skate laces. So you always have new skate laces and new tape whenever you're on Hockey Night in Canada. You didn't do that
5: every game? (laughs) No,
2: I was lazy. Uh,
5: (laughs) But picture this. There's two fights that the people in East Coast remember me for. Bob Probert in Detroit. Wendell Clark in Toronto with the playoffs. Both of them happened in the Eastern time zone. I played a vast majority of all my games in West Coast time like Mountain Time, West yep. Coast, and in out here. And the people in the East never saw it. The media, when I worked in Rogers for years, the, everybody in the media were home in bed by, by 11 o'clock. They don't see the games on the West Coast. It's yesterday's news. So now it's much, much better. They see the games late. There's the late games and all the rest. Dave Simenko, God bless him. If he'd have been in New York or Toronto for his whole career, he'd have been a god. He really would have been.
1: Marty, thanks for stopping by. Just let people know why you're in town and uh, what you're up to these days. Well,
5: I am I have the pleasure of going to Lacombe tomorrow. Robbie and I, we're going to speak at the Allen Cup uh, luncheon. You know, so many great players, and they really are. They need, people need to stand up and know how good yep. all those guys are because they were really close. To playing in the nhl but they're successful in their own way so we're going to go there i'm then going to go to bethune saskatchewan and speak there saturday at their sportsman dinner and then i'm going to go down to uh phoenix to for the phoenix coyotes alumni they raise over a million dollars in their area uh, given to charities down there so I'm, i've really got a real fun next four or five days so you got lacombe bethune 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 and uh, phoenix and phoenix yes Huh, I've
2: I, I got to be honest, I've never heard a Bethune before <laughs> in my life.
5: That's the triple play of I've tourist been called, calls. Yeah. I've been called something close to that a few times. <laughs> Marty
1: McSorley, it's uh-huh. great to see you here at Studio 99. Thank you for dropping by. Thanks for by.
2: having me.
5: Brownie, pick me up in the morning.
2: I will be there at <laughs> 9 a.m., coffee's in hand.
1: Oilers fall 3-2 to the Sharks tonight. We'll get to your phone calls, post-game reaction from both dressing rooms as we move along. Oilers hockey, presented by Osmond Auction. This is Canadian Brew House. Overtime Open Line.
0: Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Austin Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 6.30
1: chair. 3-2, the Sharks beat the Oilers tonight at Rogers Place. One game left in the season for the Oilers. That is Saturday In Calgary. That's great you're going to LaCombe. As you know, I covered several Allen Cups and Allen Cup playdowns working in Lindminster. I think I'm doing a show in LaCombe next week. Oh, yeah. I've I've been
2: there a few times. A friend of ours, Gordy Bamford, is from LaCombe. I've done his golf tournament a couple times there. And then they asked us to come up and speak at their luncheon tomorrow. I've I've actually worked for, I'm not sure who I was on the air for, but I did an Allen Cup at a Red Deer one year on TV. I've seen it twice it is as marty said it, it's, it's a fun pretty, pretty talented hockey players there that uh, don't get the recognition they probably deserve so tomorrow we're going to go give them a little recognition
1: all right we will go to gary on the open line gary welcome back to the show good evening gentlemen yeah go ahead buddy yeah
3: uh well i guess i better start off with a positive note i'm pretty sure leon's going to get his 50th in calgary on saturday so that's good Uh, What's bothering me, at least one thing, is uh, some rumbling again about Ryan Nugent Hopkins being traded again. And I'm wondering why we would trade our best two-way player who gets paired with almost anybody and still has a career year. So I'm kind of confused on
1: that note. Well, Uh, I I won't spend a lot of time on that, but I I think that at this time of year when your a team's had a bad year, there's gonna be a lot of people who speculate about a lot of things. I, I just say this, if, if Ryan Nugent Hopkins wasn't on the Oilers because of a trade, you might fill a hole by trading him, but you also create one. So that's why I would be
2: careful. I agree, I would not trade Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Yeah,
1: my
3: second point is uh, has anybody commented on Nakey Darnell Nurse, maybe Hopkins left-hand uh, partner?
1: Sorry, making Nurse, putting Nurse and clefbomb together? No, no. Turning Nurse into a, a forward for...
3: That's,
2: that's not, that's never gonna happen. Tarnell no, Nurse no. is gonna be a number two, three defenseman, hopefully a number two defenseman for the Edmonton Oilers for a number of years. He's not moving up to four. that will, it, not a chance.
3: Okay, and my third question is, do you think it would help if Milan took uh, power skating over the summer?
2: Milan is who Milan is. Uh, I, I think he's actually looked faster this year than he did last year. I think the expectations of what he is now as a player are probably too high. I think that he, he found a role the last little while here. I don't, don't expect 25, 35 goals from Milan Lucic. I think they want leadership from him. They want physicality from him. Uh, his contract is probably, well, his contract is more than you want to give a third or fourth line player, but that's not on the player. This is who Milan is, so uh, I, I don't ever question Milan Lucic's summer workout plan. He He looks like he's quite fit to me.
1: Alright Gary, we're going to finish the play with you You already have an 8 day parking pass at EIA Courtesy Jet Set Parking The best price on Edmonton Airport Parking Book online at jetsetparking.com Self park as low as $5.98 per day With the promo code CHED What do we have? Off the draw, wrist shot, score Brent Burns from the point A seeing eye shot that was tipped up
0: top Is that Hurdle? Who got it?
1: Okay, was it Hurdle or Nyquist who got it, Gary? Nyquist. You are absolutely correct. Your name's going into the grand prize draw for a one-hour rental, Fast Track Indoor Karting, safe adrenaline pumping fund, FastTrackKartingEdmonton.com. Gary wins, finished the play tonight. The Sharks win the game 3-2, and the winning goalkeeper, courtesy BDO First Call, Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies, and Consumer Proposals, License Insolvency Trustees, Aaron Dell
6: important to have a third period like that where you, know, you guys have given up three goals and like, a little street game It's going to keep them off the board. Yeah, I mean, it's huge. you got to close out those one-goal games in playoffs, and you know I think we did a great job of that tonight. We had you know, a huge block by, by Gus in the first, and I think that just carried on, and the boys kind of uh, rallied after that. What did you like about the defensive effort tonight that maybe hasn't been here the last little stretch? I mean, these are these are kind of tough games to play, where you know they're they're going to be cheating for offense a little bit, and I think it gave us a, a good opportunity to you know, make sure we play above and uh, you kind of work on those those things that we've had a hard time with. and I think we really did a great job tonight. You feel good about your own performance too, something you can build off in case you know you're needed here. Yeah, I mean, uh, that was a, a good opportunity for me to to show what I've got as well, and yeah, you know, I think. I had a, a little bit of, of defensive help as well, but you know they had a, a couple of chances here and there. But, yeah, I think it was a, a good game for me overall. When they're trying to get a guy a milestone goal, can you read that too? Uh, for sure. I mean, you see him coming down a couple of times there and uh, you know, he's on the, the odd man rush or whatever and you're like, yeah, he's not passing this one. He's, <laughs> he's going for it. So, uh, you know, you uh, you hope he he's thinking the same thing, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a weird game kind of, but uh, it's, it's fun. God. The guy from Airdrie's not going to let Edmonton <laughs> an Oilers get a 50, is he? No. That was, that was my biggest goal of the night, I think, after that. I was, I was stopping him from getting there.
1: Scott Johnson working the San Jose dressing room. That's Aaron Dell, who was beaten twice by Leon, but turned away five other ones. Leon at 49 for the season. As we check your Advantage Trailer Rentals out-of-town scoreboard, daily, weekly, monthly, and rent-to-own options, head to AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. The Coyotes are eliminated, but they lead the Golden Knights 4-1 with four and a half minutes left. Sabres beat Ottawa 5-2. The Lightning win their 61st 3-1 over Toronto. Islanders beat the Panthers 2-1 in a shootout. Penguins drop the Red Wings 4-1. Costly loss for Montreal, 2-1 to the Capitals. Hurricanes beat the Devils 3-1. The Blues get past the Flyers 7-3. Wild first period in that game. Five goals for St. Louis. Predators come from behind to beat the Canucks. 3-2. Bruin shut out the Wild 3-0. Here's the big one for the Avalanche. A 3-2 overtime win against the Jets. They actually clinched just by getting into overtime. And, of course, right here, uh, Rogers plays 3-2 San Jose over Edmonton. So Columbus and Montreal tied in the East, but Columbus has a game in hand. Carolina is in with 97 points. And all eight playoff teams are decided. uh, Seeding still to be decided. Top for the top three in the Central and then the two wild cards. Though Dallas has the game. Dallas is a point up on Colorado with a game in hand to get the first wild card
2: spot. Yeah, some things still going to go down right to the wire. I watched the end of that Colorado game tonight. And they needed a point to move on. Arizona was winning at that point. Uh, They were tied, and Winnipeg had a power play for the last minute and a half of regulation and had an open net twice. Colorado Avalanche were laying their bodies on the line. They were diving face first to block the puck, and the funniest thing at the end of the game, the game was tied going into overtime, and Colorado was celebrating that the game was over because they knew they'd clinched the spot. They're celebrating with their goalie. They're jumping up and down on the bench. Uh, in a very entertaining game, but the Colorado Avalanche did not back their way into that playoff spot. I think their record is like 20.
1: Yeah, they 2 in their last 10.
2: And then 26-4, whatever, in the last. They've had a great end of the season, and they've done it with a couple of key injuries. So Colorado uh, probably playing against the Calgary Flames in the first round.
1: All right, you'll hear from Hitch. More of your phone calls when we get back. Oilers fall 3-2 to the Sharks. We're live in Studio 99. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line.
0: Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630-10.
1: Right, Settle gets two for the Oilers. Burns, Sorensen, and Nyquist for the Sharks. San Jose wins it 3-2 tonight at Rogers Place. Home finale for the Oilers. They will be in Calgary on Saturday along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in. It 10:33. We got Hitch standing by in a second but first at 780-496-0063 we will welcome Joanne to the show. Hi, Joanne.
7: Hi, Reed. Hi, guys. Um, I I didn't really phone for any any um, particular reason, except to thank you guys for another year of hard work and humor and entertainment. And I just love your show. I learn something all the time, and I know that I'm I'm kind of uh, um, hard for you to take once in a while. But you know, when I get to be 72, I might retur- repeat myself now and then. So. I hope you have a good summer, and I enjoy your show very much. And I look forward to hearing from you again next year.
2: Thank you very much. That's very sweet of you. And you can call in any time you want.
1: You're definitely not hard to take, Joanne. And I agree with everything you said except for the hard work part. We got you, <laughs> we got you fooled there. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Let's hear from Hitch. Courtesy GCL Diesel, genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices. GCLDiesel.com.
8: Can can you just talk about, you know, Leon Dreissel in the quest for 50, and just, that's a real rallying point probably for the team on Saturday, specifically for him, you saw it in the third period, guys really looked to get him the puck. Well, I think he, he wants 50, and you can see the hunger, and that's good for him, good for us, but he's, he's not going about it the wrong way, he's not hanging on the red line, he's, he's competing for pucks, he's, he wants to shoot, and uh, there's nothing wrong with that, we're... We're hopeful as heck he gets it, but he was a hungry hockey player today. Even before he scored his first goal, he was a hungry hockey player. So all in all, uh, uh, him and Connor played very well and led us in the right direction. The big thing for us is you can get goals, but if you're not playing the right way, then it doesn't really matter. And I thought they both played the right way today. Some of the players today, uh, this morning, Ken, mentioned that they wanted to Put a little extra effort for the for the fans in the last home game. How did you feel they fared on that front? Well, I thought we I thought we played well. You know, I thought we made on, on that third goal hurt us a lot. Um, it was in our control twice, three times. Uh, that hurt us. But other than that, I thought we competed hard. You know, there was mistakes on both ends, and I thought we really pushed hard at the end. Um, I thought the second period was one of the better periods we played. So. You know, you, you, you certainly can't fault the effort. We got some, some decent effort from some people tonight. thought some of the defensemen, in particular, Nurse and Clefbaum, played really well tonight, which was a good sign. Um, can you feel for Tobias Reeder? He does all the things right. He works hard. It just, he hasn't got a bounce this year. He can't get a goal. I know the fans were chanting his name today, trying to get him a goal. Like what, what do you think is going through his mind right now, and, and do, can you empathize with him? Well... I think we, we, we feel for him, um, because he's had quite a few chances, you know, f- and and he's not been able to, to snipe it, but it hasn't prevented him from playing the game the right way. So, he's a guy that's continued to get ice time, even though he hasn't scored. I mean, we'd like him to score for him, and we'd like him to score for us, but he's played the game properly, and... So he has respect from the coaching staff and respect from his teammates, which is ultimately what you're looking for. And, you know, he, I don't know if he's going to score goals in the NHL at a regular rate. Again, who knows that? But he's always, there's always going to be a place for players like that, depth players, that play the game the right way that you don't really have to coach. They know how to play. They know how to do things the right way. And I think that's why the teammates are pulling for him so hard. They want him, as bad as they want Leon to get his 50th, they want Toby to get a goal, too. And we're going to try to help him out. You talk about Stolar's play and goal. He battled hard today. And so we'll see how he feels tomorrow, and we'll make adjustments from there. You want to play him in the
9: last
6: game?
8: I don't know. We are talking about that, Jim. We'll see. There's a number of factors there that are in play. Um... We'll see. We'll see how he feels, and we'll see how we feel tomorrow. And our Kara and Brodziak? They're both out. Rest the no, they're both done. Both done for the year. Okay. Okay. Thanks.
1: All right. So, yeah, Brodziak and Kara will not play Saturday in Calgary. I guess the is still a question mark. Oilers lose 3-2 to the Sharks. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Edmonton South, Downtown, Northside, and Sherwood Park. We have Tony on the open line. Tony, nice to hear from you. Go ahead.
7: Hey boys, how's it going? Good. Um, few comments. You know, we could, you know, any other fan could dwell on how, you know, how the season's gone, but there are a few, cute, there are a few good points about the season. First of all, I'm pulling for a dry title. I may not be home on Saturday. But I'm pulling it for him to get 50, and it's going to even taste better when we get against the Calgary Flames. Um, Reader, I do feel bad for because of the fact that, you know, everybody's giving him a hard time or whatever. But, you know, the thing that, I, the thing that actually someone told me about is it's not easy scoring score in the NHL, and he's got, he hasn't got any bounces and when he does, you know, it's just unlucky. Um, my biggest question right now is for Saturday's game, um, do you think we start Solars or Koskinen? And uh, for another, and for another thing, is I hope Drysdale gets his and I hope that dry, that Reader gets the monkey out of his back.
1: Thanks, Tony. Well, I, before what Hitch just said, I would have thought they they would go back to Koskinen, yeah. but he he seemed to make it sound like it's going to be up for debate.
2: In all honesty, I don't think it matters um, really. I mean, Koskinen. He's got his contract. He's their goalie for next year one game at the end of the season isn't gonna Change any confidence going into the season or take confidence away from it for next year Stolar's it doesn't matter if he plays or not. We he's an unrestricted free agent Uh, Maybe they want to look at him to see is this a guy that we want to offer a contract to Um, Koskinen's been tired. He has not looked good in a number of starts lately so it's, I, on a, there's really no way to or there's no right or wrong one on this one It simply it's a game that doesn't matter so it doesn't really matter which goalie you start.
1: Sharks win it 3-2 tonight, they're coached by Peter DeBoer, here he is for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvency Trustees.
6: Tell us about his
4: condition. I don't know anything yet um, so ho- hopefully not too serious but we'll We'll know some more tomorrow. What would you think of the third period? Uh, you know what, <clears throat> we won. I, I'm not going to dissect it or overthink it. Uh, you know, tough game to play, I think, on both ends with the situations everyone's in and found a way to win a game. I thought we did some good stuff that we can use next week in the playoffs and, you know, it's good to get a win. Logan said, you know, he still thinks the team's a ways away from playing its A game. Yeah. How, how, did, how did you feel? Uh, Yeah, but I think it's there. We're getting closer. You know, I think our detail is getting a little bit better and uh, Obviously, you know some guys that have been out of the lineup are starting to get their legs again uh, You know and that takes a little bit of time, so we're working our way there It's not it's not there yet, but I'm confident by
6: next week. It will be was this an improvement on the defensive side of the puck (laughs)
4: Um, You know what I, I think well, yes, you know I, I mean we, we found a way to win tonight. we scored too, you know, I thought defensively I didn't think we were bad in Vancouver. we had them you know we had them double the chances for and against, and we we lost, so you know I, I don't think you can say we were poor defensively I thought we were I thought we've been pretty decent defensively lately. We just haven't won games, and we haven 't scored face offs. Maybe been a little bit of an issue with two goals come off yeah. the faceoffs today. Was that an area of concern for you, or an area of focus maybe coming in? Into- uh, it always is. It's always a critical piece, and uh, you know we did a great job on that. You know I thought Burnsy, you know, obviously was was great tonight. I thought he, uh, you know, he was a difference maker for us. But you know for sure the faceoffs, and um, and we had again some chances to extend the lead at some different points. I still would like us to see us put some teams away and get a little bit of a. A cushion there, um, but like I said, I'm not going to overthink it. We'll take the win and and uh, get this finished up on Saturday.
1: All right, Scott Johnson working in the Sharks dressing room. That is San Jose head coach Peter DeBoer as they get by the Oilers 3-2 tonight. 780 Terry calling in. Terry, nice to hear from you again.
9: Rob Reed, uh, uh, a thank you, and a little joke if I might. Uh, thank you so much for uh, allowing us to vent. You know, the fans, I'm sure that uh, I speak for a lot of people. Um and uh, hearing uh, number 33 on the radio, is, uh, that was priceless as well. And his comments about Pocklington brought back memories. I can remember uh, uh, being invited to a press conference back in the day, and old Peter uh, um, uh, uh, brought us in, and I'm sitting at the table with Brian Hall and his wife at Molten House, and I'm expecting some kind of big trade or something. And here he was uh, just cashing in on some uh, what I call cheap advertising he was uh, promoting a five thousand dollars scholarship for a few Golden Bear hockey players, so that was pretty, uh, uh, you know, as Peter, pretty much Peter. Uh, anyways, my, uh, my my little joke, if I might. I uh, I just started a whiskey diet, and uh, so far I've lost uh, three days.
1: Uh, uh. <laughs> Terry, that, that, you know what? It's a good thing you told me that you were joking because with your reputation for being on hold, I might have believed you.
9: <laughs> no, I'm still with the beer. Terry, thanks, man.
1: It's good to hear All from right, you. All right. Have a good summer, you guys. Yeah. Geez, I guess people are signing off tonight. we got one more game.
2: Well, they're going to watch Leon scores 50th, and they're going to go celebrate afterwards. That's what it is. And they won't be able to call us.
1: Well, we have Brent on the line as well. Brent, thanks a lot for calling in, man.
7: How's it going? Good. Well, I was uh, I was just calling to say uh, I saw
1: Stollers play tonight for his first time in forever, and he looked really good. He was uh,
7: he seemed to be a little bit more uh, apt to be uh, a little more aggressive in being in position than uh, than Kostin has been and he didn't let any soft goals in and even when he came in in relief the goals that were scored on him were
1: they were good goals. So uh, looking forward even though it's a small sample size uh, do, do you believe that uh, Stollers will be a, a quality backup cuz he, he's looking pretty good so far.
2: We, yeah, we, that's a, mean,
1: that's a good question. I mean, he hasn't he hasn't played a lot in the what's he up to? I don't know is he even up to 30 NHL appearances yet? I'm just going to double check. Somewhere around
2: there. And he might be a backup, but it might not be in Edmonton. The Oilers don't own his rights. He's, he's gonna played un-
1: 26 NHL games yeah. and not all starts.
2: And he's going to be an unrestricted free agent, so I'm sure he's on the Oilers' radar. But you, if I'm the Oilers, I'm probably looking at someone that's going to challenge Koskinen and get 25 to 30 starts. Or more. Or more, it's because what we've seen here in the last little while, Koskinen hasn't been hitting it out of the ballpark. So I think the Oilers want to make sure that they have a safety net that they feel comfortable with in case the season gets away at times from Miko Koskinen.
1: Yeah, and I think that uh, that story and net is, is a big one to watch over the summer, and that'll be our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. 10-46, Oilers lose 3-2 to the Sharks. We'll go to Marvin on the open line. Hey, Marvin, thanks for calling.
0: Hey, how you doing, guys? Good. Say, um, just a couple comments. I, uh, I haven't really ever called you guys, and so the season's gone. We've, uh, you know, we've got a, a lot of holes to fill, back end especially. We've got a team that uh, uh, has two players in the top five in scoring, and we're not even close to the playoffs. Yep. So there's there's a lot of problems. There's a lot of big contracts. Some of them we gotta just eat. That new GM, whoever comes in, has got a lot of work to do with whatever the other regime left behind. And I've shook, shook my head at the right from the time Lucic got signed, and and then really to see Kostin get a contract three days before uh, Shirelli's out the door just i i really have a hard time lending much support to this team however one thing i'm going to say to you guys here for the summer and you know in this day of social media these young guys they hear so much and their confidence gets shattered so easily it seems and we're a small market hitch loves hitch loves the Edmonton area for the hockey market it is but you guys should talk to your powers that be and maybe fill your airtime a little bit this summer in July and August with something other than hockey talk. I'll take your comments off the air.
1: Well, I I think I host a show that's called Inside Sports and it's pretty pretty diverse in the summer and our station does carry uh, the Edmonton
2: Eskimos too. They're so. quite popular around here, I hear, as well.
1: Yeah. Um. So the Oilers are a, a big story, so if something happens with them, we, we cover it, but...
2: I, we're never not going to talk about hockey. We're in Edmonton. I mean, this is the mecca of hockey, I believe. So I mean, I want to talk hockey, and most people do. So I imagine there's going to be hockey talk throughout the summer.
1: We have Curtis on the open line as well. Curtis, thank you for calling.
0: You bet, you fellas. How are you tonight? Pretty good. Good. So I guess what I want to say is, you know, we haven't made the playoffs. Well, basically, I've won since 2006. I mean, you look at the cause, uh, say, on a big construction project, I'll make a comparison. Uh, when the job's going sideways, what do, you, what do you do? Do you fire the foreman and a couple of, of uh, workers? No, you change out the management team. And I'm just wondering why, you know, what's your guys' thoughts? Why this hasn't happened yet? It's like, what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different
2: results. What, what, the what, part, of manage, what part of management are you looking? Because the GM and the coach both got fired.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you don't think it goes deeper than that?
2: Well, I don't know. You Tell me who, who you think. Um,
0: right off the bat,
5: Bob Nicholson
2: as well. Well, Bob, this, this is... What is it, 12 or 13 years right now not making the playoffs and Bob Nicholson's I, been here for what? three years, four years? I don't even know what's Bob here for now. That's right, yeah. So it was Shirelli though. That both both time for him, I guess, right? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean... So it's... It, I, mean I, I don't think this is what's going on here. Bob Nicholson was the one that brought in Peter Shirelli and that did not work out at all. But I, this, I don't think you can look at the Oilers' Tough run over the last decade to 13 years on on Bob Nicholson. I don't see Bob Nicholson going anywhere I think he's being given a chance to Right the wrong that was made when he hired Peter Shirelli And and go from there when it comes to hockey decisions Bob's not making those those were on Peter Shirelli and they got They fired him now They got to find the right GM to come in here and take this team in in a much better direction Now that one's going to be on Bob Nicholson to make sure he makes the right choice all right, we're going to take a quick timeout.
1: Sharks beat the Oilers three two. We're live in Studio ninety nine. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line.
0: Live Oilers hockey is brought to you by Austin Auction. This is the Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line
1: on Oilers Radio six thirty chair. All right, Sharks win it three two over the Oilers. Final call tonight will go to Rich. Rich, you're on yeah. with Robin Reed. Go ahead. Hi guys. Hi, Rich. I just want to, I'm curious,
10: you know, Case has done a lot of good things for Edmonton, the Oilers, and injecting cash, revitalizing downtown, but how often do you think he might, you know, dip his fingers in uh, roster moves? Uh, I heard a rumor from a pretty good source that he made the uh, scouting staff take uh, Yakupov because he, on his visit to Edmonton, played video games with his son. I don't know if that's pure speculation, but... Uh, is, he, is he involved in hockey operations as much as some people
1: seem to think?
2: Uh, well, I hope not. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I don't think so. Uh, honestly, I mean, I, I mean no I, one's I, told me anything. I don't know. I don't, I don't believe he does. Yeah,
1: yeah, I've, yeah. Heard, I've, I've heard the stuff about Yakupov, too. Uh, I mean, he was certainly at the draft and would have talked to people. I mean, he certainly is the owner of the team. He's going to be informed on who the number one pick if pick is. If there wasn't a consensus, then maybe the owner makes the final call. I mean, he, I don't he has think the ability he's...
2: to since he does own the team, but I don't right. believe he does. But I, but then again, I, I'm like you. I only hear things. Yeah.
10: No, I, yeah, and I mean, I guess the second point I, I wanted, the last caller, two callers go touched on it, with uh, management, but... You know, like for the last 10 years, uh, pretty much the only consistents were Kevin Lowe and Greg McTavish. Do you think at some point they kind of look in the mirror and say, you know, we've went through GMs, coaches, players?
1: Yeah, maybe. I, I, I mean, I, I don't think Kevin Lowe does much, if anything, with hockey operations. I, I think when there's a new general manager, uh, I think McTavish, and pro scouts, amateur scouting, I, I think they're all going to be. Looked at. I, I would hope the new guy has the authority to make those decisions. Now, sometimes they, they don't happen fast. Um, you know, Brian Burke was on with Bob last week and he said, When I went into a new job as president of hockey operations, you never clean house. You can't just fire everybody on, on day one. But I mean, obviously, things have to be, have to be looked at. And look, I, I'm kind of sick of all the old boys' stuff, old boys' club stuff. I don't care if a person played for the Oilers or not. If he's the best person for the job, keep him. If, if you don't think he is and you can get somebody better, get him. I mean, to me, it's pretty, it's pretty simple.
2: I agree. I, mean, I know Kevin Lowe's been a lightning rod for a number of years. He's not involved with hockey anymore. He's involved, as, as Bob Nicholson called him, as an ambassador for the team. But whoever the new general manager that comes in, there will be changes amongst other parts of the organization. And there has to be. This is a team that is underachieved for far too long. All right, Oilers lose 3-2 to the Sharks. Our final broadcast
1: Saturday, 6.30 face-off show. Game at 8 here on 6.30 Chet. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our engineer here at Rogers Place, and to Patrick Bauer, our studio producer at 6.30 Chet. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reid Wilkins. Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. You've been listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line.